0: Welcome to the show. You are rocking with your host, Matt LeBrie, here on another episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. And straight out of the gate, I need to express my gratitude for you tuning into this in a rather trying time, nonetheless. So, to that point, I want to make sure that you know that my love, my gratitude, my patience, all other things are with you. We are in this together. I promise you, I don't live in a bubble. In fact, I live here in New York City, which is getting hit rather hard if you're looking at the statistics. And I don't want to get too deep into that, but I do want to let you know that we are in this together. And to that point, yet again, I want to shine some light on your day, and that's exactly why I wanted to bring to you this episode here right now with this very special individual. Now every single one of our guests is absolutely amazing. This guest in particular, though, was the first ever of the show. So going all the way back to December of 2018, our friend David Meltzer was the first Ever interview that took place on Decoding Success. It was episode number two. I will never forget it. In fact, I jokingly say with all of my friends that it was the worst interview I've ever done. But David made it phenomenal and it impacted a whole lot of individuals. So our team collectively said, we need to bring David back. Now, David is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which, get this, was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire, I love that movie. His life's mission is to empower over one billion people to be happy. Hey, David, we share that together, man. I might not wanna make them happy, I might wanna you know, show them their greatest potential in life, but we do share that in common, and I'm really, really thrilled to dive into that. He is a three-time international best-selling author, a top 100 business coach, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. He just released a new book, Game Time Decision Making, which was a number one release. Now, David has been recognized by Variety magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. Now, David, as mentioned, is hopping on here to add a ton of value, to shine light on rather gloomy days across the globe. So without further ado, we bring to you our friend, David Meltzer. David. Round two here on Decoding Success, man. I'm really excited to have you back. Uh, one of our first returning guests ever. And just to mention, you were the first ever guest on the show. So I do want to point that oh, out wow. as well, man. I'm excited to so have what you
1: back. are we on now? What number are we on?
0: Wow, we're about to hit 120. We're about to hit 120. So uh, we're, we're pushing, we're pushing, man. We're, we're making yeah. things happen. But to kick this off, the last time you were on here, I asked you how you personally define success. And you said success is happiness, happiness is success. But you continued to say that success for you was defined as your consistent, persistent, everyday pursuit of your greatest potential. Is that still yeah. true today?
1: Yeah. And enjoying it. Right. So it's enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. Absolutely is the key to that fulfillment, passion, purpose, and believe it or not, profitability.
0: Okay. I love that. So let me ask you this. Does that ever end? Right. Of course. I mean, listen, knock on wood. I don't want any of us going out tomorrow. I I mean, I want everyone to live a long life. Right. Um, Aside from death, does that pursuit ever end?
1: No, I, and I don't even think it ends after death. You know, I think the simple choice of death to me is, you know, I don't know the truth. So I get uh, confronted with two truths. One, you die and that's it, or you die and you get to continue on. So I take the more positive perspective, not scientifically proven, not proven anywhere, but I just do it out of positively proven. So I take the perspective that I will consistently, persistently enjoy the pursuit of my potential throughout time.
0: Right. Now, where does the happiness come about, though? That's, that's something I struggle with, right? Where does the happiness come about? Because if you're consistently pursuing this greater potential, um, is it when you hit micro goals or milestones or something of that nature?
1: No, it's learning to love, to find the light, love, and lessons in everything that you do. In other words, uh, you know, my good friend, Chris Gardner, he created the movie Pursuit of Happiness. I always tell him there is no pursuit of happiness. Happiness is the pursuit. When you learn to find the lessons, love, and light in everything that you do from taking out the trash to driving carpools with your kids to eating dinner with the food that you may ate the most, when you learn to love the lessons, learn to find the light and learn to live in that direction, happiness will be with you at all times. How did you get yourself into that mindset though, right? It's, a, it's easier said than done for sure. So I'm curious. Oh, please. Yeah, I know, and I think that's a probably very powerful point, you know, especially because you know I'm on a mission to help people be happy. Time I want to empower with happiness. It's a practice. Uh and you can't just go to someone that's depressed or suicidal and say, hey, look at the glasses half full, man. Woo-hoo. Right. That right. ain't working. That ain't working. It's like, hey, come with me on a journey. Let me teach you to practice finding the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. Come with me and let me teach you to love what you do, to learn to love what you do. Let me teach you to enjoy every single day pursuing consistently and persistently what you want and the potential of what you want. And that potential is not only uh, within the context of your conscious, meaning your potential is dictated by what you think, say, and do, but it's also uh, it's capped by your belief system, which is your subconscious and unconscious. So we have to look at your 40,000 of the same subconscious thoughts that you're accessing while you're sleeping and daydreaming. But even more importantly, everyone's born with DNA. Uh, We can activate and deactivate that DNA through the epigenetic layer of the DNA. That DNA, I believe, is the source of your beacon. It's the source of your signal, the power of your signal, the spectrum of your signal, the clarity of your frequency. Everyone's born with different quantum potential. So my potential as a basketball player is different than LeBron James. LeBron James' potential as a salesperson is different than David Meltzer's. We have different quantum uh, potentials. We each can enjoy the pursuit of those. There's plenty of people that have the same quantum memory or quantum capability in basketball that I have that really enjoy that pursuit through their whole lifetime. They play in the Jewish center, Biddy basketball leagues, and then they go on and they're sitting on the bench in high school. And then they play in the intramural leagues in college. And then they go back to the Jewish center men's league for the rest of their life, 30 league, 40 league, 50, and the over 60 league. But guess what? They've enjoyed the consistent, persistent pursuit of their potential playing basketball, and they're happy, even though they couldn't even hold a candle to LeBron James.
0: Right, I love that. I definitely appreciate you breaking that down. Now, David, I know you do a ton of these.
1: What's a question you wish more people would ask you? I think the question that I wish people would ask uh, really would be on the pragmatic side of time. Uh, You know, I think people aren't asking me you know, how do you fit all of this stuff time-wise in? And, you know, I'm starting to do some time hacks, hashtag time hack. I'm teaching people, you know, how systems are created because, look, it's one thing to live 90 years. But what if you live those years more productive, more accessible, right, and more graciously? Those 90 years have an extended or bent amount of time when we can consider how to utilize time and understand that time backwards and forwards is infinity and that I really spend a lot of my focus on utilizing time and and with a lens, I call it the Meltzer kaleidoscope. Number one, I view time with a lens of productivity. How much value can I provide with my time Two, a lens of accessibility? How accessible am I to, you know, be the first one in the 120th one on your podcast. Also, how am i accessing what i want so that i can give it to others and be more powerful and then finally that lesson that we were just talking about how can i live my life with the lens of gratitude meaning i find the light the love the lessons in everything that i do from driving to work to taking out the trash to you know closing a multi million dollar deal they all have light lessons and love within them
0: right so share share the powerful hacks that you have going
1: on you you mentioned these time hacks what are they give us a few yeah so for me you know i travel a lot so one never check never check your luggage all right you're better off really yeah go to h&m and buy stuff if you have to but do not check luggage another thing is find a place this is a huge time hack find a place for everything 80 hours a year listen to me everybody 80 hours a year on average is wasted for people looking for shit. So put your shit where you know it is. Consistently, my wallet goes to the same place. My keys go to the same place. When I get to a hotel room, I make my bed so that everything has its place because more extraordinary than looking for things in your home, people in a hotel room lose things more frequently, which cost even more hours if you travel. But imagine how much productivity, accessibility, and gratitude you could have if you're picking up an extra 80 hours a year. That's 10 full days of productivity in the normal course of the nine to five working Joe. You know, let's get smart, put the things where they are. Two, uh, three, uh, last tack for you. And there's plenty more, but efficiencies. I create systems for everything. And so when I'm looking at things, I start by saying, what do I do every minute? Then what do I do every hour? What do I do every day? every week, every month and every year. And I'm constantly looking for systems to brush my teeth, floss my teeth and take my swig of Listerine, constantly looking at a system on how to take a shower, constantly looking at a system on what to do, you know, to get through airport security because you know that to me is at least a weekly activity if not a daily activity. Right. But if you break it down what what you do most frequently and create systems, the cool thing is remember every 4 minutes you can save a day. Every 4 minutes you save a day is two hours, right? Two hours a month. That's 24 hours a year. That's three full days of productivity. I'm giving people more days of their life. Time is irrelevant. Your age is irrelevant. It's what you're doing with the lens, the Meltzer kaleidoscope, the lens of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude that will determine how consistent, persistent You pursue that potential, how much you can have passionately, purposefully, and profitably in your life.
0: That's huge. So are you planning your days out in advance? Are you breaking it down by hour, half hour, et cetera?
1: Yeah. So I have two routines. One is my normal routine and one's my adaptable routine. They're all broken down by a student of the calendar. So I'm planning three sections of my calendar. I'm studying it a minimum of 10 minutes a day, twice a day. I'm studying my calendar. I'm paying attention to what I'm going to put intention to, to get the coincidences that I want. And so what I do is I study what I do and have planned in person, on the phone, via email and media, radio, print, and TV, and social media. I study what I don't have planned, what I call the white space of my calendar. And I study that for productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. And then I study sleep uh, every single day. That is my routine calendar, my daily calendar. Now, if I am in an adaptable routine because I'm traveling to India or, you know, I have in-laws in town or whatever it may be, then I'm utilizing my values and once again, studying my calendar and to utilize minimums amount by value, meaning the first thing that I schedule when I have an adaptable routine is my health. I can't give what I don't have. If I don't take care of my health, I can't take care of others. So I spend a minimum of one hour a day on my health, scheduled. Then a minimum of 30 minutes a day with my wife, 30 minutes with my nine-year-old, two minutes with my teenage daughters, one minute with my mom to tell her that I am happy, healthy, appreciated, love her. Then I spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day studying my calendar to get the most productivity, accessibility, and gratitude out of my day. When I have an adaptable routine, meaning I'm not sleeping in my own bed, I can't wake up at 4 a.m., meditate for 20, get to the gym for an hour, do everything by schedule. Um, I also create time hack rules, like uh, five minutes for phone calls. My objective is always to keep every phone call to five minutes, after five minutes I'm just visiting. If I wanna visit with you, I will schedule time to visit. That's more than five minutes. 20 minutes for meetings and interviews. So I schedule my objective once again, like this interview, right, 20 minutes anything after that's just visiting. I want to get to the points. I want to provide value. I want to help people, but I try to keep it as narrow and as focused, talk as quickly as I can. So hopefully people can go back and listen to this.
0: Right. And listen, David, before going any further, I have to say, God bless you have a ride or die with your wife. If she only needs 30 minutes of your time, I mean, minimum.
1: minimum Every okay. Day. Minimum. okay. Every day, minimum. So remember two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a weekend. So, right. My relationships have improved exponentially because I used to you know, spend five hours on a Saturday with my wife and then get nagged on the entire week because I didn't prioritize my time. Now, minimum 30 minutes a day, every single day, no matter where I am in the world, is spent with my wife and my nine-year-old son. And I don't think you'll find anyone more happily married and have better relationships with their children. Now, just to be fair, I asked for five minutes with my three teenage daughters. They only gave me two.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> so let me ask you in regards to your your relationship with your wife, what do you feel like was or are the keys to having a successful marriage?
1: So communication, right? So it, one, the number one key to having a successful marriage is loving yourself. Okay. Right? The people that learn to love you can love other people. You can't give what you don't have. So instead of my lack of worth my projection of insecurities, all the different things, the more that I learned to love me and take care of myself, the better my relationship was with my wife. And then the consistent amount of time paying attention to and giving intention to the coincidences that I want in my marriage truly helped. Um, And so I find the light, the love and the lessons. Look, my wife is not perfect but she's perfect for me. And I take a different perspective. I'll give you a quick example, Uh, driving, I used to drive home uh, from Newport Beach to San Diego and Lee Steinberg who hired me to be the CEO told me, look, you can leave early every day, but invariably he would hold me late, right? And I was too nervous to tell him, hey, you promised that I'd have time with my family. So what would happen is I drive home late and in my mind, I'd be saying, oh shit, I'm in trouble. My wife's gonna be pissed. And guess what I got? Exactly what I was putting out there. Once I changed my perspective and said, hey, number one, I stood up for myself and said, this is the most important thing, more than the activity I get paid for, I need to leave. But even the times that I uh, became late, I started saying how lucky I was to have such an understanding, forgiving wife that knew that I was making an investment in our family by being late in order to effectuate some things that I felt were very important at the time. That's exactly what I got. I got a wife who's understanding instead of one that was nagging.
0: I love that. I think you mentioned something along those lines in, in connected to goodness, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I, yep. I do that remember that.
1: Connected to the goodness, good memory. Yeah,
0: I remember that. I remember that. So I want to respect your time. I know you got a call in just a couple minutes. I didn't get the chance to ask you the three pieces of advice the last time I had you on the show. First one is what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Take care of yourself a minimum of an hour a day. Best piece of advice I can give or that I've received is that you need to take care of yourself first before your family, before the activity you get paid for. If you put your family and the activity you get paid for ahead of your own health and well being, You'll never take care of yourself. You cannot help other people. The stronger you are, the better you are. So find something that you love to do a minimum of an hour a day and do it seven days a week. Make sure that you're living a healthy life.
0: See, that's the cliche question that I always ask, but it leads into this one. This is the more interesting one. I definitely appreciate you sharing that. What is a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time?
1: Oh, fuck, man. It's it a story language. You hit me on the core because it's still the same advice I don't want to hear. I'm really? Full of shit. I'm full of shit. So the, the advice I don't want to hear is, dude, you cannot oversell, back-end sell, lie, man- t- uh, you know, manipulate and cheat people. You cannot be full of shit. And I don't want to hear it when I am full of shit. I don't want to hear it. That I should live to the closest to the truth that I can. I hate being a hypocrite. I'm a human being that has an ego-based consciousness that projects my insecurity. And I look myself into the zoom screen and to the mirror. And at times I am so sorry to anyone that thinks I'm full of shit. Cause at that snapshot of the time I probably am. And I I know that advice to, to live as close to the truth that I can. I am trying. And I hope that you can face that question yourself because I know that if as much effort that I put into being truthful now in my life and being honest and living to my higher self, I got a long way to go, but I think other people do too. I'm in the big group of people that make mistakes, uh, but I don't want to hear that advice. And I definitely, man, I wish I would have listened or been on that explorative uh, journey of trying to find the truth uh, and right. trying to be as truthful as possible because I apologize, to everyone. I really am here to help, but sometimes I'm just plain full of shit.
0: Right. I respect it. I respect it. And I appreciate the transparency. Now, David, last question for you. If you only had the ability to give one piece of advice, universal piece of advice for the rest of your life, and listen, you're putting out content, you're here on the show, you're doing a whole bunch of things. You're on stages across the globe. If you could only give one piece of universal advice, advice, the rest of your life, what would you tell people?
1: Wow. Um, it would be to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. You know, really find the love, the lessons, and the light. That's how you enjoy that consistency and try just to be more consistent in it. So it it is a more aggregated piece of advice. Uh, But if I I am positive, if you make it a practice, you know, a practice means something that you're going to get better at. To enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. If you make a practice of finding the light, the love and the lessons and everything that you do. Uh, you will impact a ton of people to impact a ton of people to be happy in the end. You know, it's a simple journey. We're on, you want to enjoy it. Certainly. You know, and I think in order to enjoy it, you got to learn as much as you can. Uh, you know, I was going to say one of my favorite Wayne Dyer piece of advice is rule number six. I think he, he took it from the Xanders, but rule number six is, and it goes along with my enjoying the consistent persistent pursuit of your potential rule number six, don't take yourself so seriously.
0: Mm, That's huge. That's huge, man. I need to hear that often. I really do. I really do. But Dave, I appreciate you hopping on here. I want to make sure that we're respecting your time. We're going to have all your social links, all that good stuff in the show notes of this episode. But what do you have going on maybe that I don't know about that you want to share? You
1: know, one of the things I have going on and you can put it in the show notes and be great is I'm trying to see not what I say, but what people hear. I'm trying to figure out what really impacts people of all, you know, I never know what we say or what we do within this context of this interview, that's impacting someone. So if people will text me what impacts them the most, it's the most valuable thing that I can have. So it's easy to find me at David Meltzer and, you know, search David Meltzer, website D Meltzer. But if you can text me at 949-298-2905, what impacts you the most, it'll gear me in on, like you said, all those things that I am doing to help people, what exactly is resonating and what people really need or want to hear.
0: I love that. Most definitely will have your number in the show notes of this episode as well. Dave, I just want to say thank you. Express my gratitude again for you hopping
1: on here. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Well, I look, I look forward to being number 200 as well. Have me back.
0: There we go. We most definitely will.
1: <laughs> All right, man. Congratulations. Thank you, Dave. Thank Appreciate you. it. Have a good one.
0: And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, directly from our friend David Meltzer. Now, if this resonated with you on any sort of level, number one, make sure you're connecting with David. All of his links to socials and websites and all that good stuff are in the show notes, but you wanna know what? His number, his direct number is in the show notes of this episode. So if you wanna ask him a question, if you heard something on this episode, let him know you heard him here on Decoding Success, by the way and ask him, hey, David, can you go further on this topic? Can you maybe allude to a different point here or there? Whatever the case is, you have his number, you have direct contact to David Meltzer. Make sure you are taking advantage of that. Secondly, as I mentioned, if this resonated with you on any sort of level, a lot of our friends, a lot of our family, a lot of our coworkers, our mastermind group members, our BNI members, whomever, they're all quarantining and chilling just like you. And I just coined that phrase, by the way, quarantining and chilling. Um, let's make sure we're sharing this with them. Let's make sure you are shining a light just like we did on you here today in conjunction with David Meltzer. I want to make sure we are spreading this positivity. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this message. It doesn't have to be a monetized gift all the time. You could share this as a gift. Say, hey, this came to mind when I was listening to this and I wanted to share this with you, right? That is so funny freaking powerful and it's really really I mean listen what I do all the time and I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag here this is a little bit different but whenever I am going for a date or something of that nature with a, you know, one of a potential significant others, a, a potential prospect, I always like to give them something of value, whether that's a book, whether that's a podcast episode, whether that's something like that's what I do. And it is always received so well, even if it's not received so well in the moment, like months down the road, you might see them reading that book and it's like, okay, there we go. That's meaningful. Listen, you have the potential to do that by sharing this episode. That's what I'm getting at. I didn't mean to go too far into the details but i did want to share that with you you have the potential of doing that on top of that thirdly if you could rate review share all that good stuff i know i mentioned share already but if you could just rate and review this it would mean the absolute world to us and you already know there will be many many more of these coming your way every tuesday and thursday sometimes monday wednesday friday whenever i'm feeling out feeling like pushing out even more content you already know i just push it out for all of you so with that said until next time everyone be blessed peace